Hey everyone, thanks for joining. Today I'm speaking with Tyler Waterbury. Uh, I became aware of Tyler because he started a crowdfunding campaign called Crowdfunding for Courage on Campus. And uh, I was kind of interested in it. And I'll, I'll leave a link in the description. But uh, I just wanted to get him on, start talking about it, see what it's about, and see why he thought of it up. Hey Tyler, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, so, okay, I saw, I think it was James Lindsay who tweeted this... Uh, your thing out, I saw it, and then I saw the video you did, and so, hey, I think it's a cool idea, I think I really like it, but, like, what led you to do this? Well, the first thing that probably got this issue on my radar was, for a lot of people, the Evergreen scandal, everything going on with Brett Weinstein, um, and that, I mean, that triggered me as something is deeply, deeply wrong, so then just you know, kind of the standard route that everybody else took, seeing YouTube videos, seeing the discussions going around this subject, and simultaneously watching the YouTube videos with, you know, intellectual dark web and everybody, and getting a lot of really quality knowledge and discussion there, and then simultaneously you can see the news and just see it getting increasingly deranged. So, um, so I, I that dichotomy was a was a big deal. Yeah. Okay. So like. Um... So you weren't on campus or anything like that. You just saw it, like as an outsider looking in, saying this is not, you know, like, it's not normal. Yeah. It's just like, hey, and it was, it was, that was the same for me. Like you, know, you I, I didn't know anything about this because I was overseas and I come back in 2014 and I'm like, what the hell's going on, right? So, yeah, it was exactly the same kind of thing. Like I have no idea, and then you get hit in the face with it. But like the the crowdfunding thing, like so. You're planning to give, donate to that one to donate to one person who, like, you feel is doing something good to like stand up on campuses, right? Um, like, is there gonna be like, are you gonna, how are you gonna decide that, or like, what exactly are you looking for? I'm just curious about that. Yeah. So the genesis of the idea was actually watching a Brett Weinstein video. I believe it's called "How the Magic Trick Is Done," but he ended the speech um, saying that you need people who stand up there. I mean, they're going to pay a price because those who incentivize bad policy weren't sure that they do. But if you can engineer a mechanism that causes them to feel there's some other kind of security, they will stand up. So that stuck with me. And I just kept racking my mind for how that mechanism could be done. And the reason why people don't speak up is obvious. It, there's no upside. <laughs> your friends don't, your friends probably won't stand by you. Um, and because there's no upside for them. So just the cost benefit structure of it, I had, I wanted to figure out some way to lessen the damage or at least set an example for other people to kind of break that psychological hold on it. But to, start, to answer it more specifically, how it's decided, um, the, uh, so over the course of the month, and it's kind of just started to get going, um, the, there will be a throughout the month. I'll be sharing stories uh, throughout, which goes into all of our Twitter feeds of um, you know controversies on campus, people getting in trouble for their research, and as those kind of come into the mix, I'll I'll put them up just so people um, uh, are aware that they're going on. And then at the end of the month, and again, this is kind of experimental, so there's might be some growing pains going on, but we think we're heading in the right direction. So the idea is at at the first week of March, post a poll on Twitter asking everybody who's following so far who set the best example for moral courage going against the grain um, in the face of this insanity on campus. So whoever wins that vote, as of now, I'll be giving however much money is raised by that time to that person. All right. So let's, yeah, because I mean, like, I, I was just wondering, like, how you're going to, you know, because obviously no, no one person can keep track of all of that stuff. And then. You know, uh, and then like how to decide all that. But okay, so I mean, I know you're not in academia, neither am I. Uh, but like, you said it was the evergreen thing. But like, looking back, do you see things that, like, you look back now and go, okay, you know what, that was maybe a warning sign. Didn't, you know, didn't really pay attention because it didn't seem that important. Or like, like how did like you? Know, for myself, I just consider, I, I, I use the description of me jumping into a, uh, you know, like the frog being thrown in a pot of boiling water, right? Because I wasn't here and then I come back and all of a sudden, 
what the hell's going on. Like for it's you, ton of bricks. Yeah. Pardon? Yeah. So yeah, like a ton of bricks just yeah. all at once. Yeah. And like for you, was it the same thing or like, did, like, do you, did, did you start noticing like this stuff escalating and then like, you know, the evergreen thing happened or was that just like a, you know, slap in the face to you? Yeah, no, I saw, I saw there are things that I mentally took note of, like, this is strange. This is strange. Um, I remember seeing, uh, like right after the election, um, one image that stuck out was that, um, was the image of the woman in the hijab and it's covered in American stripes and stars. That, that one, it was pretty, yeah, that, so, so that those, what they think that they were doing, I'm like, that is there, that is not, there are too many things clashing at once. So that was, that was pretty big. A lot of things seem big in hindsight. Obviously Sam Harris's famous Ben Affleck thing that bugged me at the time, but I didn't think that it was going to, you know, blow up in general but yeah so then the tipping point came in the past couple of years yeah i mean like for me it was just seeing like i would come back and i i didn't know what was going on again like it's like what the hell happened but it was you know it was like the thing in mizzou um there was that professor calling for she was literally saying let's get some muscle and get this guy out of here it was a student journalist covering the protest uh there was a thing at yeah. yale uh oberlin college there's a whole bunch of crap going on there um i'd have to go back and uh you know, Evergreen, uh, Sarah Lawrence, Middlebury with Charles Murray. Um, mm-hmm. It was just continuously like, I mean, you know, Berkeley having to pay $650,000 because of Ben Shapiro. Like, come on. You know, it's yeah. Like, you know, he's not a threat. Like, you know, well, say what yeah. you want about him. The guy's not a threat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of things. But, oh, that that actually might have been that. That was another jarring image where Ben Shapiro it doesn't matter what you think of him in his yarmulke and then people a horde of people screaming calling him a nazi yeah. that was that that really helped break it through too and, and i mean i don't know like like this stuff is weird because if you're you can see it on the campuses and it's just little incidences and people are like oh that's just students and mm-hmm. if you're not really paying attention to it um like it's it's coming through the administration. It's, you know, uh, there's actually a really good article written by Jeffrey Sachs recently. I mean, I, I agree with some of it, uh, but it was talking about like the indoctrination of students and it's not so much the indoctrination. That's the issue. It's, yeah, I think it's this stuff, which is getting the, like, so the, the people who are apt to be extreme, this stuff will make them extreme. And then the people who are kind of a little bit wishy-washy about it, it might tip more of them over too. And it's and it's extremes on both yeah. sides. Like, I mean, you know, um, like the asshats in Charlottesville is a direct response to this. You know, like, I'm, like and I'm not, yeah. you know, and when I say that, people are like, oh, well, you, know, you can't blame. Like, I'm not, you know, it's the same thing. Like, I'm not blaming the social justice left for what the guys in Charlottesville did, like that's them, that's all on those people. But yeah, you know, if you're continuously told that you're the cause of all the ills in the world and that you're evil and racist, yeah, I don't know. Some people might just say, "Yeah, screw it, I am." Um, you know, and like from my standpoint is the the race stuff. Like when I hear them saying like, "Oh, well, you know, those are white ways of knowing," as if like science yeah. and reason and logic are beyond me like so i mean like coming from it like okay you know i hate to bring the identity stuff into it but like this stuff kind of forces you but yeah I mean, you're a young white guy like i mean you're, yeah. you know you're hearing this all the time and like you know like you know what do you and your friends think about this i mean like you know you're in rochester I, like i've been I've been to New York quite a bit. Like I used to be, I used to go to like more like Buffalo and stuff, but like, I know, I know that area yeah. rather a little bit. And it's just like, yo, know, it's like, yo, know, good work, like whatever working class families. It was, you know, like I was there in the eighties a lot. Um, like, like I said, what do your buddies think about that stuff? It's, it's mostly, it mostly is just annoying. Um, it's just kind of you people like look in the news and it's like, Oh, but that's that annoyingness. Like, depending if you're not a great person to start with and you don't really know the sources of the conversation or the sources of why you're feeling the way that you feel due to these conversations, 
and you just have kind of a slippery slope and you're, again, maybe wired a certain way, it goes annoying, then irritated, then angry, then furious, and then, you know, that it could go south like that. I mean, most people are just kind of just annoyed in general. But going back to the, the Charlottesville thing, the the lack of um, of tolerance that we have as a as a nation and, I mean, Canada, you know, as well, as a society towards them is exactly appropriate there's no place for it get out of here we don't like you put the tiki torches away whatever um the in an ideal way like the types of mobs that we see all the time um you know i mean throwing urine and assaulting people and antifa it should be treated close to the same way and the fact that this is going on on a daily basis in multiple locations is is insane yeah i mean that's there's that like again say what you want like i'm i'm not a fan of um and i know people say he's not red pill technically but like like that whole like like the the online culture of the woke and the red pill i think they're the exact same people i think the mentality is the same um they're like you know that that's that's my take on it and like someone like charlie kirk i can respect the fact that he kicked out those white supremacists you know I can applaud him for that, but I think he's just as divisive as, you know, like, like the Nick Fuentes and the, you know, go up like Richard Spencer types, whatever that, that's what's going to give you Charlottesville and that kind of mentality will get you Antifa and that, you know, like people who are actually willing to go out and do damage and whatever. But the Charlie Kirks and the Candace Owens of the world, as far as I'm concerned, they're uh, like James Lindsay and Helen Pucklows and Peter Bogosian. They did the, um, you know, they called it the grievance studies. So I was joking around and yep. saying, like, you know, it doesn't matter if you're right, left, like this mentality. I just like you're all grievance witnesses, like, you know, like Jehovah's Witnesses, right? They're, they're, they're going around looking for grievance. And that's the mentality I see from, like I said, like the, and I don't want to, you know, just pick on those two, but like, you know, like that kind of mentality from that side is the exact same stuff as this SJW mentality of looking for offense everywhere. And it's just, it's like the divisiveness is coming from both sides. And it, I think it's like my, my take on this is this <clears throat> education system that's teaching this. It's, you know, it's supposed to be anti-racist and supposed to be inclusive and this and that, but it's creating more racial divisions. It's creating more, you know, it's, it's, it's creating more exclusions because it's pointing out where all the lines are between each group. And it's so like, I mean, like, I think this stuff has a direct, it's, it's not indoctrinating maybe, but it's just, creating clear divided lines and say here these are the lines yeah you know those are your enemies and it's i i don't see any good at coming out of it and i think the approach is i mean it's the old like saying that like you know a nazi like will come up and punch you in the face like the communist will hug you and then take your wallet when you're not looking so there's a just a different approach the guys with tiki torches it's just a visible i we want no part of this and then you know, anti-racist and inclusive are nice labels, and then they turn out so people, you know, reasonable people out that those both seem like good things. Then anti-racist turns out to be everybody sitting down in a class and getting berated for, you know, certain things, or maybe an anti-bias thing that, um, or unconscious bias where, I mean, what happens is people end up more resentful than they went in at. So it's just a counterproductive because people don't like being told that they're racist. Um, and then taking a test on it. So, so yeah, yeah, it's all inflammatory. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, like, okay, I worked, I work for government, so I see some of this stuff, you know, coming through, like, the HR and all the diversity stuff and all that. Like, I see it coming through in government. Like, your day-to-day life, I mean, obviously, you know, it, like, it doesn't affect me when I go to the store. It doesn't affect me when I go, you know, go hang out with my buddies or whatever. But, like, like, in your work world or anything like that like do you like do you see any of this stuff kind of creeping in or is that still kind of like a you know away from it no one really knows too much or i feel the vast majority again and this is another reason why i started this so many people are the vast majority of people are regular people and it really bugs me about this psychological vice grip that this tiny minority has over people mm-hmm. So like, uh, like in, in HR, like we, we do like, you know, sexual harassment and they put on a video and everybody rolls their eyes because like, you know, this is required every, and it's just, you know, 
uh, like some video from like 1987. They were all made then. I don't know why they never made one. But so they and it's just like yes, don't grope women when you walk into a room and be like everybody knows. So then it's the same thing with with racism stuff. If it's told like that, everybody is already on the same page, generally speaking. And this is just it's unnecessarily provocative. Yeah, um, like have you? I don't know how much you've looked into this stuff, like how much you've read about it, or like you've just been like watching the stuff on YouTube, or 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 you mean like the like the origins to the ideology? Well, not, not even so much the origins of the ideology. I mean, like that that's a lot of. But I mean, like I just actually reading like uh, like like yo, know, if you like whatever, like take White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo, like you know, reading that, or like actually going like listening to some of their talks and stuff. I, I don't mean like going to see them speak live, but if it's on YouTube or whatever, like, I was just wondering, like, how, how much you've paid um, attention to some of the stuff they say, because it's, it is yeah. pretty awful. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. And um, so, I mean, being completely honest, like, I haven't dove into the books um, myself, but I've seen them, like, filtered through, like, J James Lindsay po posts a lot of, you know, yeah. the stuff that he's reading and exactly highlighted paragraphs, like, no, this is what they say. And actually, um, yeah, the white fragility, and I, I'm not, and this is, again, just kind of one passage that I saw. She was talking about how one of the, like, uh, um, things that triggered her to, to write it or something was she was walking to a picnic for, like, a co-worker's party, and then there was, um, the co-worker's party was, like, mostly white people, and then there was also a group of black people. And then she had a brief moment in her head where she's like, oh, what if I have to go over um, to the black people because she didn't know where her friend was? And then... It was over. She just went to the the party, so she just had a little internal thing of just being a human being. But she hadn't. But so, and it just triggered this avalanche of we need to fix everything because I felt bad for a second. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's the that's just it. Like they, you know, I felt like this, therefore racism, therefore everyone's racist. Like okay. If you felt like that and you yeah. want to call yourself a racist, that's whatever. Fill your boots, right? Do whatever you want. But then to like project that onto everyone else, I mean, it's because I, I started reading a lot of this stuff. Um, like I wasn't, you know, like I, I didn't know what was going on. I was trying to figure it out. And same thing. I started watching videos and I, I'm listening to like what people are saying. And then like they're talking about postmodernism. I'm like, this is not really postmodernism because I read that university in the in like the late 80s and the early 90s. I was reading some of that. Um, and I'm like, it sounds similar, but it's not. And then I just really started reading this stuff. And it's, if you read the original stuff that was written, um, so these were like all papers coming out of law schools, right? Um, and so like, especially the critical race theory and then the, the intersectionality mm -hmm. was Kimberly Crenshaw's map, uh, with, uh, mapping the margins. I think the paper was called, um, there's actually some interesting points and there's good stuff brought up. And uh, the race stuff, not so like it's they're they're talking about important issues, but right away it veers into this you know uh, power structures whatever. But the the Kimberly Crenshaw yeah. thing that like the intersectionality that was actually like a really important point, and it made sense. And what she was talking about was good. But then right away again, um, I think it's in the last couple of paragraphs or last three paragraphs or something like that where she explicitly says we have to take on this postmodernism idea of you know um everything being a social construct but then it's she was also talking about you know tearing everything down including postmodernism so it um you can see like right from the inception they they you know they had some really good ideas and they were talking about some important stuff and all of these things are really complicated and it they turn it down to like you know, the answer is always the same. It's like, oh, that's sexism. Oh, that's racism. Oh, that's homophobia. Oh, that's transphobia. Like, it's... I don't know. There's no internal logic in it. Yeah. And I, I also think... And you're right. Like, the especially the intersectionality. There definitely is a point there. Like, if you have a couple different things in, as far as different groups, you absolutely do have a different perspective. But it just... All of the points get just ratcheted up to a million and it's just it's and therefore we have to change all of society it's like no wait can't we just you know at least talk a little bit more and figure some stuff out 
I also think that um, that you know just the hysteria of of you know just racism, sexism, for all yeah, all the isms, all the phobias. Insert here, um, but is like a, a lack of knowledge about biology. Like this is just a, a theory that I've had about just you know the way that human beings are wired and just kind of our basic code, which is not it's not you know um, wired for everybody getting along with each other. So, but I mean, it doesn't mean you have to, you know, listen to that. You're, all, I mean, you're wired like a caveman, but you don't have to behave like one. So when people don't know this stuff, I think they just panic because they don't know if they have a bad thought and they don't know where that bad thought comes from, they just panic and they think it must be a character defect with them, not knowing that it, you know, sometimes it happens and get moving past it as part of being a human being. Yeah. But I'm also thinking like a lot of this stuff, like now, um, I know Jonathan Haidt kind of breaks it off from those born like before and after 85. So basically the millennial cutoff mark, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the, the rise in uh, anxiety and everything. He says, oh yeah, it starts with social media. And I, you know, okay, I'm not going to argue with the guy. That, you know, I don't have the expertise in that. But I think the social media completely exacerbates, you know, all that anxiety, all that other stuff. But I think, oh yeah, you know, Teaching this, uh, like teaching this to, I know in like a lot of the states, I think I think it's 16. I'd have to take a look at the number again, but I think in 16 states, it's being taught from K through 12, all this stuff. Um, and then in some of the other states, and like it's a little bit longer, but I know in like high schools, it's been around for a few years. Um, but so if you got kids going into college, you got you know, you're learning this in high school. The, like those are big transition years in your life, right? Like it's like your hormones are going crazy. Everything else is going crazy. Your brain's being formed and you're dumped on like that where you're told that, you know, you're racist, you're sexist, you caused all these problems or, you know, you're never going to get a, a leg up because the system is against you. Everyone's out to get you. I mean, it's not a formula for healthy adults. Yeah, not at all. And that's that's the other thing where if I'm kind of wavering, no, thinking if I'm you know on the right side of this or wrong, and that it hurts the people that they claim to help the most. Like um, like I remember, I can't remember the specifics, but just but um, there was when there was a police shooting of a of a black man, and it was a controversy, or just I mean, pick any one of them. But the, the news coverage, when it makes it seem that. Like society, they're literally arming people to go out and hunt you when that's not the case. It, but I'm trying to put myself in that perspective. And if I was a young black man and I thought that that's the way that society was, I would be furious and I might not comply with officers because what chance, if I comply with an officer, what what, what difference does it make? They're just out to get me anyway. So screw them. So, so that, it, it, it hurts the people it claims to help. And I don't like that. Yeah, and I mean, okay, things like that need to be brought to light, but again, you know, and there shouldn't, like, on, on like on the other end of it, right, mm-hmm. officers shouldn't get off lightly, like, there shouldn't be that, you know, um, like, you know, the, the, what is it, like, the, the I think they call it, like, the thin blue line or whatever, like, like to keep, you know, like, like they'll protect your own and stuff like that. Like you shouldn't have that. And you know, the majority, the majority of police as far as, okay, I shouldn't, I don't know. I can't speak for the States, but I mean, at least in Canada, the majority of police aren't, you know, like, like the whole typical bad cop thing. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and again, I think it has to do with training, uh, you know, how they're taught. You got another issue in the States. Um, and this is not even anything against like gun rights or anything like that, but there is far too many guns out there, man. <laughs> like, like, yo, yeah. if, if I, if I'm a cop and I'm going into a situation, uh, like if it's an open carry state, that might be a little different in some ways. Cause you, you can see right away what, what's there. But if it, you know, if you're going into someone's home or you're making a traffic stop, you don't know if that person, you know, like, so I think that makes an already tense situation, even tenser. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Like it's again, like the, the way, the, the way they react, like I, the outrage is, is right. But then it's, you know, like, I don't care if they have a pro, like have the protest right after something like that happens. It's, you know, but 
it can't be that and you can't be at 11 all the time like when you have to step back and you need to talk about it exactly that, the, the talking has to be done in a calm rational manner yeah and i and the the police like controversy it's too messy to take one lesson and extrapolate it and apply it to the whole society but just the general narrative that that the deck is stacked against you no matter what and um and it's just creating adversaries where there doesn't have to be um so so yeah it's it's i mean how many other people are having this, this same conversation right now i mean even yeah. if it's not over a podcast but over dinner just like something new happened at their job today somebody came in they have new rules and it doesn't make any sense and it's and what or whatever sort of training they have to get and they go somebody this is insane so i know that those conversations are going on over thousands and thousands and thousands of dinner tables privately so uh, this thing even though it's very small and it just started right now i just kind of wanted to at least trigger people to at least i mean if somebody come if one person saw it and came up with a much better idea that was much bigger and much more effective then that's great or at least start a conversation that we don't need to be held hostage and we don't need to be, you know, made um, uh, uh, into more adversarial positions that we need to be um, when there's such a small amount of people causing it. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm afraid of, like, um, and I, I keep harping on this, is like the, the overcorrection. I don't want, um, you know, okay, like, I, when I hang out with my buddies, I'm just joking around, like, I have no filters, right? Which is, I just let, let loose. Yep. But, you know, I'm not gonna walk down the street and start saying the n-word and calling people, you know, like fag or making fun of them for whatever reason. Like I'm not gonna do that. Like I just go you know, and like, but but I don't want that. Like just to be edgy, you know, like being edgy on Twitter or on YouTube or whatever. That's you know, do whatever you want. That's it's a small thing. But if you're going out and doing that on the street just to be an asshole, like you know, oh, I'm just being edgy. I just do, you know, like. I don't want that overreaction, that overcorrection. And I mean, and that could go one step further, right? I mean, like that can lead to um, Charlottesville. That can lead to that guy driving through the the Trump tent in Florida the other day, right? Yeah. Like. Yeah. I I, I don't want that. Uh, at the same time, like I, I don't want. Um, I saw someone tweet this out, and it was about the winner of the the Academy Awards. Uh, the movie Parasite. I've seen the movie. I don't know anything about it. You know, I, I can't yeah. offer an opinion on that movie. But they said, oh, blah, blah, blah. I didn't think the movie that was great. It was all that great. I'm wondering if they won it, if it won because of like a diversity thing. You know, yeah. Now, whether that's true or not, to bring it up, like, you know, like the day after, like they've won, you know, do you want to tarnish that? And it's, it's, it's a, you know, it, it, it's not the fault of the you know the directors or you know the, the producers. It's not their fault if the academy did that. Um, and in the same sense, I, I say that about like affirmative action. Like I don't want to get hired because I'm brown. I don't want to get a promotion because I'm brown. And then if I you know if I do a shitty job, someone who's an actual racist would say, "Yeah, I see. Brown people can't do it. Don't hire them again." You know, like you know, I'd rather get hired on my merits. And so like when you start doing this stuff, you actually really hurt. The causes you're trying to support, and you hurt the people you're trying to support. And uh, yeah, especially with that, um, like I, I certainly don't know this for sure, but just intuitively, I feel like that wasn't um, the the best picture. I don't think that it was just made to virtue signal, mm -hmm. but the entire previous three hour presentation was just virtue signal after virtue signal. Mm -hmm. So then people can easily tack that on when it did win it on its own merit. So. So that confusion is, I guess, understandable. But again, yeah, so then, again, the people that they want to help, now these two Korean directors, you know, um, got uh, had people doubting that they deserved it when maybe they deserved it and more. Um, but, yeah, just giving people stuff. Like, I thought, um, like, a lot of places are, uh, I think Goldman Sachs said that they wouldn't do any IPOs if uh, for companies that don't have a woman on the board of directors. Um, so if... So, I mean, I'm, again, I, I can't know. I'm just imagining it, putting myself in their shoes. Um, the woman who's placed in the board of directors is probably extremely accomplished. She's the number one woman that they picked to be there. 
but but it has that that asterisk next to it of oh this is mandatory or whatever so that would make somebody who's very good at their job feel bad when that's not necessary or maybe they don't feel bad but i'm again i'm just kind of thinking it yeah but i mean like that's just it like i don't want you know i, I understood the i understand the need like, like there had been a need for something like affirmative action at one point and you know you can monitor it like okay are you you know if it's consistent like okay let's say you have a a, a business in a in a community that's 90 percent white right mm-hmm. and you know you're small town you know not near a major center but like you know there, there's there's not a lot of applicants that you can choose from like you know, is, is the Department of Labor or someone going to come down on you because you're not diverse enough? Because you didn't meet, oh, well, the national average is, you know, 13%. Like, I'm, I'm pulling these numbers out of my ass. So I don't know if these are, you know, 13% black, you know, 7% Hispanic. Yeah. Like, you don't have that in your in your workforce. You're being racist. You're Here's a fine. Like, I mean, you can't, you should, you know, if you feel socially conscious and you get two applicants that are, you know, almost equally qualified but one fits some diversity score and you're like you know what uh let's give them you know we i want to have more more diverse work staff you know because they like different people thinking differently will give you better solutions for problems right so i mean you want to do that like i applaud that go ahead and do it but like to force it and just go in and say no we have to have this many you know x and we have like that in itself i find racist like i i find you know like they, like they did in Australia, they they lowered the entrance exams for women at a couple of universities for for engineering. In uh, the mm-hmm. UK, I think it was Oxford, or it might have been a bunch of schools that extended exam times by 15 minutes for women. And it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, and this is to be progressive, and this is to be you know feminist. Like, how is that feminist? You're telling them they can't cut it without getting a leg up, like without getting a some sort of you know. You, you're lesser. Like, yeah, it's it's so, and I forgot, yeah, it's even worse in Canada for you. I forgot my condolences. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's all of that, um, all of the implications that go with, with helping people out, like lowering, um, I know it's, I think it's starting in New York City, um, or, and, or I know that they're definitely doing it in Seattle, there's just math is racist now. Um, when yeah. just when the, when the when the achievements aren't on the same level, and you just I, I don't know. I think going into details even just kind of waste time. When you lower the standards and help somebody, the implication is saying that they're not as capable. Period. So it it you're right. It is insulting, and I don't. And it's 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 so stupid. <laughs> yeah, no, but but it is stupid. Like but like the thing we is, we had a more intellectual analysis for it. But yeah, it is it's stupid. Uh, no, it's, but, you know, like I said, if, like, you know, telling me that, uh, you know, I'm not good enough to, to meet the regular standards because, okay, sorry, you know, you, you're not good enough to get into a STEM field uh, because you're brown and STEM is a white way of knowing, um, like, and then, yeah. you know, I'm progressive. I'm like, no, but you're telling me I'm dumb because I'm brown. Like, it's. And you're calling yourself anti-racist. Uh, a, a friend of mine, Sarah Hader, uh, she started an organization called Ex-Muslims of North America. And yeah. she's from Pakistan, grew up in Texas, uh, did a really long thread about intersectionality. And she talked about, thank you, uh, a bit about, not like went into in depth in its origins, but like, you know, what it got right, what it was talking about, what the importance of it when it first came out. And then like, how it actually hurts those people at those intersections that they're talking about, like how it actually hurts them. And then again, all these progressives, all these, you know, uber woke people uh, were telling her that, you know, and they're, they're anti-racist, right? They're telling her you're talking white, you're sounding white. And it's like, you know, there's nothing. Yeah. I mean, if David Duke said that to someone or Trump said that to someone or, whatever right like the, the people would go insane but here they're telling a brown woman that she's sounding white and that she shouldn't think white 
I mean, I can, <laughs> I can only imagine the amount of rage that that must cause. Like, because because watching it just as a spectator, it's it's horrible. It's enraging just to watch. So I can I can only imagine telling. And it kind of, in their own way, if if there was ever like a searing indictment of white people's character, it would be that. I mean, if if we're gonna go to the to the white people are bad thing, I'll if I were to make that exhibit A, they tell brown people to not act the way they want to because it's white. It's, it's all upside down, man. Or, or I mean, it goes back to the stupid phrase. I mean, like you know, like I think it was. I, I don't. I think people stopped really using it in the '80s, but you know, like they'd make jokes about it. But it's like, oh, that's mighty white of you. <laughs> like I don't know if you've ever heard that or not. But like, like that's. I you know. It's 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 silly. Like the, the silliness of it, and it's. But they take it so seriously, and like I I worry because friends my age, so like you know, fifties, like you know, mid like forty five to fifty five. Let's just say they they'll post this stuff. Oh, whiteness. Or, you know, I'm going to be an ally. You know, like, oh, whiteness is bad, and, you know, white privilege, and, you know, like, uh, a homeless white man still has privilege. It's like, what are you mm-hmm. talking about? And they have no clue where it's coming from. You know, they they might have learned it at work, or, I don't know, went to some meeting or something. I don't know, but, like, I don't know, like, you know, read an article on Vox or something. And it sounds good, and like, yeah, I want to be an ally, which to them means, okay, I want to be on your side. They don't realize that it's being an ally just doesn't mean supporting them. It means, like, stepping back, shutting up, giving up your place. Like, it's there's a whole other stuff involved in it. Yeah, and I think, I mean, even if most people aren't even trying to help, but it's just they kind of view it as it creeps in slowly. It's just, here's just another kind of irritating part, like a bureaucracy part of my day. I'll just, whatever, as long as I get my break and get my coffee and bagel. Like it's, it's, but the, yeah, this, the sinister underbelly of everything. Like, um, I actually, I'm, I'm trying to think of the podcast that I was listening to that said this, they were just talking about just the, just the explicit, um, uh, like conflict as far as the, the phrasing goes for identity based articles, just all the headlines about demonizing white men and everything. Like it's, um, if you go back and if you replace it with the word Jew, it turns into Nazi propaganda. It's just saying these people have more than us. They took it. And it's just a divisive, bad thing. And same thing if you replaced it with like the word kulaks for Soviet Union propaganda, yeah. just saying it's just placing, uh, placing the difficulties of a nation onto one group of people. And if you know historically what happens, then you know how bad it is. And again, I'm not, as like I've done, I'm not thinking that I'm gonna die like within the next couple of years, but it's but just it's just not good. This direction, no matter where it ends, is the wrong direction to go. Okay, but another thing too, like the like you said, the overcorrection that can come from you know what, what's the United States like 65% white, something like that. I'm not sure. I don't know. If uh, 60, 65, yeah. Okay, so that's still the majority of the country. You know, do you really want like? And this is not like about okay, be nice and be, you know, take take shit, right? But at the same time, don't go antagonizing people purposely. But I, like again, I, that's why I asked you how much you've been reading on this stuff and how much you've actually kind of followed it, uh, because there's a thing called BIPOC, right, and QPOC. Um, so you know, like POC, person of color. So BIPOC was black and indigenous person of color. And so black people and indigenous people have been more oppressed than other people of color. So other people of color should step aside and make room for black and indigenous people first. And then QPOC is uh, queer people of color. And that has like same kind of idea there. And then just recently, like when I say recently, maybe in like the last two or three months, I saw this online. I don't know how old this idea is. Um, but the slaves that were brought over to the states, because the colonizers used them as labor and the slave labor enriched the colonizers, they helped the genocide of the indigenous people, so the natives in, in the states. Now, all this stuff is creating divisions between, you know, 
black people, Latinos, Indians, um, you know, uh, <laughs> Native Americans. Like it's it's creating these divisions. You're already small communities. You're already fragmented. Altogether, you're you know, 35 to 40 percent of the country. You know, do you want to like? And and they're causing those divides. Like they're they're going to look at it. They're. Because again, when you read that stuff, the first thing it says is you have to work on yourself. Like you know, like you, know, uh, like the, the, you have to fix the institution that you're in before you could, that institution can go out and fix the world. Right? That's why, if you look at what happened in Evergreen, Evergreen they tried to fix their what they saw as their problems before they can fix any greater problems. Right? So it tore itself apart. Um, Washington State just had a, has an office of diversity now, I think, or they just announced it. And one of the first things they're going to do is look at how the government how the government is not diverse enough. Um, oh yeah, I saw that. It's not going to be good. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, Canada has got a new. They renamed the Ministry of Multiculturalism to the Ministry of Diversity, Inclusion, and Youth, and they said they're going to set up a secretariat. Uh, I don't know much more beyond that. And in the mandate letter that Trudeau wrote to every single minister, so every government department, like you know, like our cabinet, right? Um, yeah. Uh, in the letter, it says, uh, you know, follow the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which is great, even though our charter is, as far as I'm concerned, really weak. Um, but then it also says, all policies should be decided using gender-based analysis plus, which is intersectionality. Uh, so all uh -huh. policies will be decided through that. So, yeah, Ministry of Fisheries is making a fishing policy, like a policy for fisheries, and they have to make sure it's genderly ba gender balanced. It, yeah, it's just becoming more and more explicit. I mean, I remember, like, before I was really, you know, into looking into this, but, you know, kind of that, that first Jordan Peterson controversy mm -hmm. about the pronouns. And he mm -hmm. talks about the Ontario, Ontario Human Rights Commission. Do I have that right? Yeah. So, and then, um, and then there was, they had, like, tribunals um, for people. I'm like, yeah, it's never a good sign when there are tribunals. Tribunals are rarely... <laughs> okay, but, but here's the know? thing, like, uh, the, the human rights tribunals... Uh, that's the International Human Rights Court, like the, the, you know, the War Crimes Tribunals, like just a legal word. We've had these for a long time in Canada. And I mean, I, you guys have, I mean, there, there's human rights lawyers and stuff in the States as well. Like there, there are these things you can call mm -hmm. them. The, the problem was, uh, I believe it was Mark Stein was like one of the first people who uh, the, the case was thrown out because up until that point, like they had like a 99 or a hundred percent conviction record, the, the federal one. Um, so yeah, I mean like in Ontario also what they did was you have the human rights tribunal, you have all, you have a few of these other like tribunals like this because they're, they're extra. If you get, if you get fined in one of those, if you get found guilty, you have to go to a legal court and then the legal court has to uphold the, the fine and all that. It's not like it's the verdicts reached. You're found guilty. And I don't think it's legally binding until the federal, until a, a criminal court or like a, like a, you know, like through the justice system, it gets, um, it gets, the, the judge approves it, then you have to pay that fine. So, but it's, um, so, so they've been around for a while, but like the, the ones in Ontario, uh, they collected them all together. They still act independently, but collectively they're known as the social justice tribunals. Um, they actually call them that. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, the social justice tribunals. All right, we'll yeah, roll with that. Yeah, uh, but like it's so. I mean, like the tribunals think like they've been around for a while. It's not like it's not like something new that just popped up. It's the bent they're taking is a little too, you know, social justice. -y. Um, like the Jessica Yanev, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you follow that thing. You know, like uh, the wax my balls. Uh, the yeah. If you read the actual case and people are like, oh, it's great. See, like, uh, you know, sanity won out. I'm like, yes. But if you actually read the decision, the decision wasn't so sane. The decision was the majority of the reason they ruled against, you know, Yaniv was because Yaniv was not a convincing witness and was, you know, obviously trying to like it was plain to see that, you know, it was being done for for gain. So that's why it was thrown out. I mean, they they had to do this like pretzeling of their logic you know bring in an expert to explain that a brazilian wax while though it's done on a vagina and you know you know it's uh, you know what is it 
I, I can't even, like we have a definition in our in the BC Human Rights Tribunal like system right now, and I guess it's going in Greater Canadian Jurisprudence or whatever. We have a definition of what a Brazilian wax is. It's like you know, it's it's no because before it was just done to female genitalia, now it's done to you know like a, a biological vulva or something like that. Like it's 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 ridiculous, man. And so yeah. Don't you think, like, what they're, like, how many people are involved in that court case, like, what it was like for them that day, they woke, like, her her, her lawyer, I have to, I don't whatever I said, like, he woke up, I have to actually say this, and then the expert they brought in to describe Brazilian waxes, and he's, I'm probably pointing to, like, some PowerPoint presentation, like, and they're all just got to be in a room, like, what, the, what is going on? So, and some, some spark has got to get led where somebody, where, Somebody says, I, I can't do this anymore, man. I'm done. I mean, it's okay. And again, this is going to hurt people, right? It's going to, I don't want, you know, like just because of being online stuff, I met a couple of people like who are trans and, you know, like we talk and everything. They're like, you know, like, I don't want them hurt. I don't want someone, no, not at all. you know, like, you know, I don't want, you know, like, okay. Just because the the news just came out today that he's being indicted, like I don't want a situation where something that you know, you know, like the whole fake thing Smollett did, like I don't want that to happen, right? I don't want mm -hmm. something like I know nothing happened to him, and I'm not trying to say it, like, but I you know, it, no sane, rational person wants those things, right? But like it's they're pushing sane, rational people. Not I'm not saying they're pushing them to get violent. I'm not saying you know it's it. But they're pushing them to care less about that stuff. You know, like yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's fine. Go ahead. Uh, like yeah, the when I mean, people naturally have empathy for people in difficult situations, but when you try to coerce empathy out of people from the top down, it's and and like you said, it's not as straightforward as it's pushing good people to become bad. But at the end of the day, it's a matter of statistics. If you piss off 10 million people in the same way, there's going to be some amount of them that defect to, I'm not doing this anymore. And especially, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I hope um, every trans person leaves a, leaves a happy life and, and is certainly not harmed. Nobody deserves that. But again, with this, with the manner in which social justice goes about its business, the way that that community is represented, especially on Twitter is not a good look, I'll say, and it, and it's and it's it's and it's it's really bad for. I feel bad about it, but yeah, it's it's a difficult thing, which I understand why most people have, don't have the time nor the inclination to look into it. Yeah, I mean, okay, it's not just on Twitter anymore, though. Like that's the thing. Like there was a, I think it was Oxford again. It was a female professor, and she was speaking out about you know. Uh, self-IDing in prison and like you know like the, the, all the nonsense is going out now with sports and she now has to have armed security guards to take her to class and like oh you know, i heard about that you know this is this is the tolerant left right like you know yeah. th th this is uh, love not hate <laughs> like <laughs> you know like seriously uh. <laughs> yeah i mean Something that that's the thing. For as much as I know, I you know I spoke a little bit on the idea at the beginning. Something has to be done. <laughs> Some and everybody knows this, and everybody's you know it's um what's that famous case where a lot of people were watched like the Kitty Genovese thing, the diffusion of responsibility, like um when forty people saw a woman getting stabbed outside yeah. and nobody helped because they thought that one of the other thirty nine would. Yeah. It's it's the same thing, just on a scale of hundreds of millions of people they're just like well statistically speaking somebody will solve this it's enough but i think everybody's kind of in the same boat just kind of waiting for somebody to do it but there's not anybody else it's just you kind of yeah just like i i mean okay uh i don't know if you follow her don't know much about her but i on her cle i mean she said that right after the charlie Hebdo thing was like you know spread the risk yeah like everyone should just be drawing those pictures everyone should be sharing them like just spread the risk and it's okay uh Again, I just know this from like speaking to some professors and things like that, and you know, like these departments, like it's it's more the administration side of it than the the teacher side of it, 
right? And it's and even the students. This is a very small percentage of students on campus. They're loud. They're obnoxious, and and they're annoying. Yeah. But this is being driven more through administration than it is through faculty. It's being you know, and okay, like the cost of college. Like I don't know, uh, you know, like. I think Harvard Law School, or just, I can't remember who was looking at it the other day, it was like 65000 a year. Now, you know, that's insane. It's sixty five grand a year. Like, that's that's a good salary yeah. in the States. Like, I mean, it's, it's a decent salary in Canada, too. But, like, you know, we, we get taxed to hell. But, uh, like, if you got rid of, you know, I think they should, like, go in there and just get rid of all those administrators. Like, not all of them. Obviously, you need, count, you know, uh, counselors and student advisors, you need things like that, but like all these diversity offices and all these, like all this bloat that, you know, well, well this office creates another office and that creates another office and it's, you know, uh, yeah. like it, something needs to be done. In, in your, yeah, so it's increasing, making you pay more so we can destroy the institution from within. It's the opposite of an investment. It's just, yeah, additional costs for more, for a worse product and potentially, you know, dangerous ideas like one that's implemented on a mass scale. It's, uh, yeah, it's clown world, man. <laughs> yeah, um, look, uh, I don't want to take too, too much of your time. I just... Like, if you want to talk, like, let people know where they can find it, uh, you know, if you, like, if you're, like, like I said, if you're looking for something specific that people are doing or uh, where people can, like, if people see, hear things that they want to, like, they can nominate someone or something like that, where they can send all that stuff or, and I'll post all the links in the bottom of the, in the description. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can go to the Twitter account at uh, Funding Courage. And the GoFundMe page directly it lays out the um, it lays out how it works if you want to um, to find the details of it uh, you can just Google crowdfunding courage on campus that's the GoFundMe um, but yeah if you want to uh, see the Twitter or nominate somebody feel free to DM me or email me at uh, crowdfundingcourage at gmail .com. so Twitter funding courage email crowdfunding and GoFundMe crowdfunding courage on campus okay i was worried i want to get all there <laughs> uh, no problem uh, like i said i'll put all those links now like you said like in march you're going to do the first so so you're planning to keep this going and like do it like a monthly thing or like how, how do you want to like or as, as long as it, it it has steam or like I would ideally like to do it as a monthly thing. Again, the, the bigger it gets, the more effective it gets. I was hoping it would kind of snowball as if we get more big names attached to it. I know this is kind of towards the, the end, so I'll just say it real quick. But hypothetically, I mean, if 10% of professors um, paid $10 a month to not even this, just like a fund, a bail, you know, whoever gets in hot water that month out, I mean, it, it's over a million dollars. So the amount, a little bit given by a lot of money, or given by a lot of people, excuse me, um, can go a long way. Hopefully it'll be effective. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for, you know, talking about this. And, like, you know, like I said, uh, and thanks for the uh, starting it. Like, I think it's a good idea. And, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll post all the links, and I'll, post, I'll let you know when this is out. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah, thanks a lot. I appreciate your support and appreciate your time.